welcome to another episode of the Pirate Crafting Crew Podcast. It's Captain Fish the McFilthy, and today we're just going to ramble because, you know, have an hour-long drive back to the house, and, you know, it's one of those, you know, ADHD type of days, I guess. I Nothing good to listen to on the radio, so let's just cover a bunch of random crap today. Woohoo! Yeah! So, lost train of thought, hold on. And, nope, still not there, still not there. Yeah, but anyway, so, with what, well, we're going into the holiday season. Yeah, that's awesome. Nothing says holiday spirit knowing that, you know, you're going to have your kids home from school for two weeks, and their schedule's going to be all thrown off, which means your schedule's going to be all thrown off. And that's just a monkey wrench in the cog of progress when your kids rely on a set schedule to keep them regulated. So yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Although I am happy we're going to have, you know, two weeks that we get to spend time with each other, hang out. No, it's going to be, it'll be lots of fun. So, I don't know. You guys have big plans for, you know, this holiday season? I sure don't. Our plans are just to hang out as a family around the house get some projects accomplished that is really about it i know i'll touch on a little bit here i started uh recording a podcast about you know the civil war and how likely you guys think this next civil war will be the happening right yeah how likely do you think a civil war in the united states will happen again and you know basically there i talk about um, like how, how would we divide the country of this time? Is it going to be ideologies again? Is it going to be, you know, political? Is it going to be geographical? Is it going to just be every state for itself and see who comes out on top? I don't know. It's, it's one of those things, but yeah, my concern that I kind of touched on a little bit with that or in that one, which I'll probably leave that part out and make that its own separate thing is, you know, how likely are we to be invaded by a foreign government because, you know, once we start fighting amongst ourselves like we are and divide the country, you know, house divided cannot stand. Divide and conquer. Russia and China has been raging havoc on us through Cold War stuff. So... I mean, it'd be nothing for them with how divided this country is to just come marching in because even with a foreign entity knocking on the door, it's still, I mean, half of them are like, no, no, we should invite them in. It's going to be great. And the other half's like, I'll kill everyone. So, I mean, at this point, I guess my real question is with all this at this point, is our country savable right now? Will there ever be common ground again that the far sides can come together? You know, just one of those things that I'm I'm not 100% sure that both sides can find common ground on anything. It's like, you know, this whole, you know, anti-vaxxer thing. Okay. That's cool. Because this side that, you know, is up to date on all real 
vaccines, you know, the polio vaccines, stuff like that, the MMR, all that crap, is now the anti-vaxxers because they refuse to get an experimental shot. So, I mean, honestly, Germany's never... I'll tell you right now, my parents live in Germany. I've been to Germany, and yeah, um, from like 37, or from 1939 to pretty much like 1950, there's no history in Germany. That That's pretty much all been erased. And obviously you can tell because, you know, Germany is back to, you know, checking everyone's papers and segregating everybody. Except this time, instead of it being the dirty Jews that, you know, Hitler has to get rid of all them, load them all up for their own good, for their own safety. And now it's the unvaccinated. Same exact terminology that Hitler used in World War II is exactly what's being used today. <clears throat> so... Yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's, oh, God, history. Yeah, I'll say, if you don't learn from history, it's just going to repeat itself, and, yeah, it's repeating itself again. <clears throat> so, yeah, that that's a thing right now. <clears throat> so, and the next question with that is, <clears throat> do we believe what the mainstream media tells us that, you can't stand up against the government, that the government can do whatever they want, even though, you know, we the people hold the power, because, you know, this isn't a damn democracy. It's a constitutional republic. There's your uh, common core education right there. Let's just fucking lie to people, make shit up. Sorry about the language today. I'm just kind of fired up about crap. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, and... I'm not going to edit this one at all. I'm going to let this roll raw because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? Why not see, you know, the other side of the ramblings rather than editing down to like, you know, recording for like 30, 40 minutes and editing out down to like, I don't know, eight, 10 minutes with the occasional, um, uh, yeah, uh, I do when, you know, I'm trying to read a script. So this is what happens when I don't have a script or any bullets and points written down. I just start ramblings. But yeah, so the uh, Civil War thing, that, that's been kind of weighing on me a lot. I'll actually do a podcast on that one and a blog post of what I think could happen or how it could happen and stuff like that. So I don't know. I kind of want other people's insight on this because... If not, I'm just, you know, a kook with a podcast. Which, I mean, I can still be a kook with a podcast, but it'd be nice, you know, to have, to hear other people's thoughts on that subject. Yeah, and then, you know, like these, uh, what is it, like these gas prices. So, yeah, we'll talk about the gas prices. So, they're extremely high. Well, I've seen them higher, but... Where we're at, they're still pretty high. They're still double, double and a half of what they were this time last year. All right, last year? I don't even know what month it is. December? Yeah, this time last year. So, but yeah, so with the gas prices and stuff, no, 
talking to people. Oh, you know, electric car. All right, electric car won't work for me or my family. When our commutes to, you know, my wife going to work. My wife going to work is at least an hour one way if there's no traffic. Um, just getting my kids to school. Since, you know, which I think is freaking ridiculous, by the way. Oh my. All right, so let, we'll, we'll get back to the, the driving part here in a second. Yeah, so in order for my kids to catch the bus to go to school, all right, no, no. we live 20 miles away from the school. 20 miles. In order for my kids to ride the bus to school, they would have to catch it at 6.15 in the morning to be there by 7.30. When I leave my house at 6.55 and I have them there by 7.15-ish. So yeah, that's just freaking ridiculous. And they're one of the last stops to be picked up. So I'm like, where the, I was like, where, how's this bus get there that takes them that long to get there? Oh my God. But yeah, so back to that. So, I mean, yeah. So, you know, getting an electric car, yeah, take the kids to from school, that might work out. It does not work out, you know, when you have at least an hour drive and then there's no charging station. It, my wife's work, so, you know, if the battery's running low, you can't charge it. Like, so, I'm all for, you know, having green energy and stuff like that. But I'm also about doing it, you know, the responsible way of, you know, it's a substitute to you know fossil fuels and stuff like that and i was like why don't you just get a hybrid then no i don't like hybrids hybrids are stupid i mean where we're at having a hybrid is stupid because the speeds that you drive you'll always be running on the gas your electric motor will do absolutely nothing except maybe on my street i think the post speed limit on my road is 20 miles an hour everything else is between 50 and 75 so yeah there's that so hybrids in my situation absolutely stupid would not work out at all <clears throat> so but anyway back to the whole you know i believe that we should have you know fossil fuels but we should also use renewable sources as well trust me i used to live down in texas i was in the oil field i was on fracking crews and did stuff like that that a lot of fracking and coiling and that whole process right so what i thought was awesome that you know trying to explain to people i was like yeah you know texas is seen as you know like are all about natural gas and oil and fracking and all that and that's all we have well okay fun thing is there's a lot of the drill sites and frack sites we went out to we posted up you know a thousand feet away from a wind farm or all these wind turbines all over down here there's solar panel arrays and stuff like that now here's the funny thing about that as well so they talk about, you know, federal government will give you credit for, you know, getting solar panels and this and that. Okay. Well, see, problem with that is the electric company that services the county I live in 
if you get solar panels, you owe them money. Even if you tie it into the grid so they can have the excess electricity, you still have to pay them upwards of $500 a month to have solar. Let me say that one more time. In the county that I live in, the electric company that has the monopoly on the power grid, which by the way, is not even their grid, it's a big companies that they just pay to maintain the meters. So we have to pay our electric company for their meter services, but then we have to pay the other company for the electricity. And if you put solar panels on your house, you have to pay upwards of $500 a month for having your own electricity. So, with that being said, that's a crock of shit. And I've actually been bouncing around uh, petitioning to run for city council so I can go ahead and get all that crap changed for the local ordinances. Because I do believe that, you know, people should be able to put solar or renewable sources on their house if they choose to. For what I'm looking at for solar for my house, which um, I'll have a whole, again, a whole standalone podcast, a whole standalone blog post with diagrams and everything and how I'm going to do it, you know, once I fight them to let me do what I want to do, because I'm not looking for a total power replacement for my electricity. I know that the amount of panels or wind turbines or a combination of wind turbines and panels and the amount of batteries that I would have to have to run my 220 electric stove, dryer, welders, stuff like that ain't feasible for me. What I want to do and what I think everybody in this country should do is having between four and 800 watts worth so between four and eight 100 watt solar panels with a handful of batteries the charge controller and the inverter to run your vital stuff like refrigerators and deep freezers so for what i want in my place would be enough to run the big fridge the big freezer the two small um mini fridges the crock pot, the popcorn make like the, the small appliances that just make life easier, like not even enough to run the microwave. Like I just want the stuff that, you know, mainly the big things, the, uh, the cold storage stuff to make sure that that stuff does not go bad. But then, you know, being able to plug in the crock pot so I don't have to use, you know, like a butane burner or the grill outside you know, for those days that it's kind of chilly out. But I think doing something like that, because if you could take that kind of stuff off of the grid, I mean, granted stuff that, you know, once your fridge is at a normal temperature and you're not constantly opening and closing, it only kicks on three or four times a day. But still like having stuff like that, being able to run your other like smaller appliances and stuff like that, 
off of that, taking all that stuff off the grid, that will reduce the carbon imprint. And the other thing that most people don't talk about when they talk about, you know, we need to go all renewable energy. Okay, that's fine. Well, with wind turbines, all right, we'll, do, we'll start this way. With solar panels, they don't charge stuff at night. They don't produce electricity at night. You need the sun's rays for that. Okay. So then you say, well, what do we do? Well, I will throw some, we'll throw some windmills on there to generate power. Okay. Well, there is a such thing as the winds get too high. You got to secure the wind turbines because they will damage them. Okay. So what happens in those places where it's nighttime, the wind's blowing too hard, you can't generate power. What are you going to do? All right, you need batteries. Well, do you know how expensive batteries are? Do you know how many lead acid batteries, which would be the cheapest ones you can do to store power, but you can't, uh, the way lead acid battery works is you can, can't get it down below 50% or you ris run the risk of damaging it to where it won't be usable anymore. So, I mean, like the prices and stuff that they put out and tell you all this great stuff about renewable energy, problem is is none of that stuff includes like battery banks and stuff like that so therefore you're going to run into the problem that if they go all solar which by the way you'll have to strip mine three countries completely to be able to get enough solar panels to power this entire country no that that's just strip solar panels no batteries no and pretty much you have to cover the entire state of arizona and panels to generate enough kilowattage to run the entire United States with the amount of electricity we use. That's a whole nother debate and story, but anyway. But they never talk about how they're gonna store the power that these um, solar panels generate during the day, how we're gonna store that for usage at nighttime. So basically everything in your house, once the sun goes down, you're gonna lose power. And that's the big problem. <coughs> so, that's another thing to think about. So yeah, no, I'm all for, and I'm all for every single house having its own battery bank and its own between 400 and 800 watt panels. Cause that right there, <coughs> that 400 to 800 watts with a handful of batteries would be enough to, you know, keep your fridge and stuff like that running, you know, small items on a super sunny day and a long, you know, grid down scenario. Um, you, I mean, Super Saiyan days you'd be able to run like a vacuum and stuff like that, but it's just one of those things that people don't think about. <clears throat> then the other thing, you know, in a, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, a grid down situation, I mean, I had to do some more research on it, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, even if the EMP or solar flare went off, as long as your vehicle's grounded, again, I'll do more research on this, so don't quote me on this one yet. Um, your alternator should still be functional. And as long as you have a gas-powered lawnmower, you can just put a pulley, take the blades off of that, put a pulley on it, mount the alternator to a table or the belt around that with jumper cables running the set of batteries and you can charge batteries using a lawnmower and a car alternator <clears throat> again don't quote me on all of that stuff but the emp and stuff like that i'll do more research and that will actually be covered more in detail on the um alternate power sources for grid down scenarios that 
I'm in the process of doing a bunch of research on. I love research, but today my brain's like, no, dude, we, we can't sit still that long. We, we can't read that many articles. We can't do it. The brain won't work. Hey, look, cows. <coughs> yeah, so I recommend livestock, you know. Always about the livestock. Yeah, there things so. Again, so I started my prepping journey living in a <clears throat> neighborhood up in Columbus, Ohio. I had one quarter of an acre yard, and that's where I started. And even there, you could have chickens. You weren't allowed to have any other livestock. You were allowed to have chickens. You're supposed to get special permission from the city. But again, like I said, in one of my other ones, um, the most recent one uh, on food, <clears throat> that as long as they're chickens and not roosters, they really don't make a lot of noise. And as long as your neighbors don't complain, it's kind of like the, you know, don't ask, don't tell policy. Which, you know, that's the fun. Oh, we'll, we'll jump on that freaking rabbit hole for a second. So, a couple years ago, when they're like, yeah, we're going to re repeal the don't ask, don't tell policy. Well, apparently people don't know what repeal means. Repeal means that that goes away, which means you go back to the time, like, when my dad was on recruiting duty, that if you answered yes to one of six questions about homosexuality, you were barred from going into the military. Because they weren't preaching repeal and replace, they were preaching repeal. And I'll tell you now, I was in the service under the don't ask, don't tell policy. And the people that got kicked out of the service for, you know, quote unquote, homosexuality, uh, gay, whatever terminology you want to use, the ones that got kicked out were the ones that wanted to get kicked out so they could raise a fuss about it. I served with a bunch of openly gay dudes. I mean, straight up, they wore little girl clothing when they put their civilian clothes on like straight up openly gay nobody cared because i mean you might have that one or two but they would never say anything because they knew everybody else in the command was cool with it because when they were in uniform it was duty time and you know work life was work personal was personal you do not mix the two together you could be cool and hang out after work but at work none of that stuff mattered it was all about just get the mission done Get the mission done. We all had one goal. We all worked towards that goal. So when I see people, I only got kicked out because I was gay. I'm like, I served with a ton of openly gay dudes when I was in, and everybody's cool with them. We all were fine with their lifestyle. We didn't care about their lifestyle. Nobody cared. Like the command officer was like, as long as you, as long as you don't come here and you know, completely like, as long as you keep your personal life personal, which goes for all the heterosexuals as well, then you're fine so now back to the other stuff um so even in like cities you can have some type of food producing animals um i'm a big uh believer in gardening and uh stuff like that even though i can't grow that much stuff i mean i can but i usually get lazy right about harvest time I'm like, I don't want to go out and pick everything why did I do this normally the other thing that I did not bring up but I would recommend so everybody 
I won't say everybody. Most people should have a grandma or great-grandma that might still be alive, that kind of, you know, is around that depression era or has a grandma that, you know, their mom was raised around depression time. Anyway, you should know somebody that knows how to can food safely. I would recommend learning that skill. I have been doing it through trial and error, and so far it's been good. I haven't had any problems with anything that I've canned about, you know, seals breaking or anything like that, the spoilage. But that is something that you should look into learning how to do. Um, there's a few different ways of canning. You got pressure canning. I mean, even Instant Pots these days have a pressure canning um, button on them. So you can do pressure canning. I still do kind of the old school way. Heat the can up, heat everything up, I'm putting it in it, put it in, put the lid on it, screw it tight, flip it upside down and let it um, vacuum seal itself that way while it cools. Um, I have not attempted pressure canning yet. My wife knows how to do that. I don't. She grew up more in the country. I grew up on military bases. So she was exposed to more of that than I was. But that's a skill that's kind of, you know, falling by the wayside that, again, I think it's something anyone should know how to do. Now, the other funny thing is sewing. You should learn how to sew. Funny thing is, is I know how to sew. I mean, my wife does a little bit. She has a few sewing machines, but when it comes to sewing stuff, I'm the sewer of the family. And again, I bounce that back to my grandma, who, you know, boy, how old is she? I don't know. She's still alive. She's born in the early 1920s. She's 97, 96, 97. I don't remember if it's going to be 2024 or 2026, but she'll be 100. But anyway, so she grew up during the Depression. She remembers the Depression. Um, but she was a, uh, I don't know, what was it called? Like a master seamstress or something? Uh, she was a seamstress, and she's really good. Like, phenomenal at sewing. So when I was little, she taught me how to sew whenever I was had to stay home from school sick <clears throat> and I had to stay with her and she'd be in there sewing and stuff and she would come check on me and I would ask her to sit there on the bed with me so I could watch her sew so she taught me how to sew when I was sick so that's the other thing that you know <laughs> when I was in boot camp I was the only one that knew how to sew so after you know the second week of boot camp um I never shined my shoes or ironed my uniform because since I was told we weren't allowed to charge people money for, you know, knowing how to do something that they didn't, I traded them every time I had to sew a button on for them or fix some, one of their shirts for them. They shined my shoes, they ironed my uniform at 2 o'clock in the morning. Because, you know, when you're in boot camp, the only time that you can iron a uniform is at 2 o'clock in the morning, in case you're wondering. There's a time log, and you put your name down at the time. And then you get woken up to iron your uniform. <clears throat> so that's the thing. Yeah. So what, what, other, what are some other good skills that, you know, have fallen by the wayside? Yeah, so like, if there's ever a total collapse, 
I mean, I, I've heard upwards of within like the first year after EMP goes off that we'll lose about half of the population in this country or in the United States. And it's one of those things that I, I can see it. Too many people are too reliant on electricity and technology to be able to do anything. Most people these days go for job skills and job sets that you know require no manual labor whatsoever. So I mean, you can pretty much track the obesity, um, the growth of the obesity in this country from the time that you know the Industrial Revolution, when stuff started getting automated, people didn't have to work as hard or do as much. And there's a lot more people sitting at desks and stuff like that. So that there's a lot of stuff, you know, basic mechanic shit, <clears throat> um, basic woodworking. Yeah, I'm not the best woodworker in the world, but I mean, if I had to, I can make something that looks. I know how to take my time and make it look real good. And most of the time, it's like, hey, you know, <laughs> close is good enough. So for uh, some of the building projects, there's some building projects, you know, like you're trying to build a structure, like an actual like house or cabin that, you know, you should put a little bit more effort into it than, you know, close is good enough, which I can do. Um, let's see what else. Basic plumbing, basic electrical work, just knowing how to, you know, fix a pipe if you have to. So let me tell you, I mean, SHTF, I mean, if you still have water, or you still have access to plumbing and stuff like that, one of those pipes burst, you ain't getting a plumber out there. You're going to have to fix it yourself. So I will learn how to do small stuff like that. Um, again, gardening, building a greenhouse. Um, learn, I know, what is it? Hydroponics is growing in water and aquaponics is using water and fish right or to have those backwards yeah no i think aquaponics is the one where you basically have a big tub of fish and their poop water gets filtered down through the plants and then the plants filter out the poop and all the bad stuff and then it gets cycled right back to the fish so as long as there's no leaks in your system you just have a set amount of water and you constantly have fish that you can have for protein and your plants are constantly growing so <coughs> that's something that i've been looking into i kind of want to get into that but i mean i still you know do your research and just know that when you first start off you're going to kill a bunch of fish because there's going to be that learning curve and that's also a matter of you know do a fish that you know you're going to eat i think tilapia is one of the main ones to eat because you know it's a fish that doesn't taste overly fishy but for me like man i love catfish but I'm like, yeah, I don't think catfish will work great for this system. I mean, it'd be nice, but I guess I'll go tilapia. I think, which again, um, even in an apartment, you can do um, hydroponics, where you know you just have a little self-contained system with a little bit of water to grow your plants. I'm not talking about that illegal herb in most states that most people think of when you think hydroponics. You can actually use it to grow real food, you know, not just your marijuana, your weeds, whatever the hell it's called these days. Um, 
but you can do that. I mean, a little glow light closet, hydroponic system. You can grow a decent amount of food even in a small apartment with one of those systems and not have to worry about, you know, planter boxes and windows and stuff like that. Let's see, what else? <clears throat> um, ah, here's one. So if it's something like a true pandemic where you know it's a virus that rapidly kills people or like anthrax a biological attack something like that um i recommend since you know this is an art that most people don't know how to do anymore learn how to drive a manual transmission because yeah they're kind of getting away from manual transmissions these days because people can't drive them but there's still a bunch out on the road and if you have to um if you if vehicles are still operational and all the batteries are dead easiest way to start a manual transmission is put it in gear get rolling down the hill and dump the clutch and once that clutch dumps and it engages that transmission it will start your engine up <clears throat> So learn how to drive a standard transmission. That's something. You know, if you don't know how to ride a bike, learn how to ride a bike. It's another thing because, you know, if you have to bug out, I mean, we'll cover bugging out in another, um, again, podcast and blog. That's, that's actually the next one that I am working on right now for the actual, you know, um, blog post and then for the actual, you know, episodes. Now, episode 6 is bugging in. Episode 7 will be bugging out. I, the bugging in uh, blog post is already up. I'm working on the bugging out post. Um, and then I'm working on laying out and uh, recording the podcast for those two episodes. But anyway, um, just kind of brief touch on bugging out. The mention of the bikes because, you know, you need planned... So you need a plan if you're bugging out where you're going to go and how you're going to get there. But then you also have to plan it for, you know, where are you going? <clears throat> how long does it should take you to get there? And what are your means of transportation and worst case scenarios? You know, you always plan for the worst and hope for the best. When I was up in Columbus, Ohio, our plan was to bug out to one of the wife's uh, family's um, ranches down in Texas. Alright. Okay, she's wondering, that's a long drive. Good conditions, it's about, it was about a 22 hour drive. Alright. So yeah, I had plenty, I had different routes that we could take. I had routes that were all highway, I had routes that you never touched the highway, I had routes that went through towns that were no bigger than, a, like, 200 people. Like, parkour and then i was like all right if we have to walk if we have to bug out on foot this is how many months it's going to take us to walk staying moving through the cover at night staying off the roads i'm like if we have to go by bike this is how long it's going to take i even did it where we um, kayaks into the river into one of the rivers up there in ohio get down to the ohio river where you can commandeer a barge take the barge down the Ohio River to the Mississippi, and then the Mississippi out to the Gulf to bring the Gulf all the way back up around to over by um, like Houston or Port A. Actually, that I think I had this coming up to like uh, Port Andes. 
over by Corpus Port A um, because it's just a little less populated and then you can actually work through the waterways up through there um, a little ways and get into smaller areas less populated so yeah I mean I think I had like 15 different routes planned out that okay in this situation we'll go this way if this happens we'll do it like this if this goes down we'll do it like that if this happens we'll do it like this if this happens we'll do it like like so yeah um when it comes to something like that buggy nature should always be your first thing i don't care if you have a cabin in the woods and you can get there yeah so even if you are leaving in the first few hours of the event happening that is like an emp event if you're leaving in the first few hours, people are already going to know that something's not right. And if you have a moving vehicle, you're going to be a target. If you have a bunch of gear packed up and you're moving, and you look like you're basically Fort Knox moving through the streets, you're going to be targeted. It doesn't matter. It's They always say, you know, this whole three-day thing, three-day. Most people have three days worth of food in their house. Okay. That's true. Most people would have about three days worth of food in their house. Problem is, is most people usually have three days worth of food that's microwavable, that's not long lasting. So, I mean, you got to think about that, that most people, yeah, you know, most say that the hunger sets in at day three and that's people start doing crazy stuff. Well, when you think about, you know, most people in this country, especially the younger generations don't know how to actually cook a meal so if they can't heat it up in a the microwave they don't know how to cook it so that's another thing that you have to that's a real symptom of today's society is you know people don't know how to cook a meal so hunger will more likely for a lot of people set in faster I mean I know people I know people because you know I last job I had as a chef, but I knew people that would come into restaurants and stuff that they didn't even know how to cook at home. Like they ate, they ate every meal out, every meal out. <coughs> so the question is, are those people going to be the ones that? I mean, do I say it could go one of two ways? Those are the people that are here, a going to starve to death within the first two or three days although technically you can go you can go about a week without food depending on your body fat i mean you'll get real cranky so we have people like that and they're real cranky and they're getting real hungry and they don't have to do anything for themselves so you really think they're going to kill over or you think they're going to go try to take what you have so, another thing, uh, security. Security is another big thing that everybody should um, take a look at. Now, I'll give all the people that listen to this that, you know, live in cities, let you know now, if you think, you know, that whole golden horde and moving out to, going out to the country and, you know, taking over these farms and stuff like that, just so you know, especially where I'm at, if you see purple painted on a post, that's marked property, that's marked no trespassing. Purple means private property, no trespassing. And just so you know, especially in the SHTF situation, if you see that, 
you better believe that the person that owns that property is there and they are armed and they will shoot you on sight so that's just a little heads up that you know if you think you know you're going to join this golden horde and move like a friggin ravaged pack of hyenas moving from the city out to the country to take their resources good luck because you know just like I, if it's a um, EMP where it's a total grid everything's out yeah almost all modern farm equipment has spear chips and none that's going to work they don't have tools anymore to work the crop by hand that means their water pumps are going to shut down their wells are going to shut down all that stuff's going to be knocked out because all that stuff runs on power which means if it's a dry summer and it's a hot summer all the crops going to be dried up and dead anyway because they can't water it so that's another thing that you know all these people are, i'll just move out i'll just head out to the country and get what i need nah probably not i mean i'll go as far as saying that is if it's a total grid down and the wells aren't running and it's a really dry summer even your livestock ain't going to make it more than a week or two i'm saying that as i'm driving past um all these cattle farms i just passed probably a couple thousand cows and i'm saying like yeah those wells go out and they can't get their water they're done because you know cows drink a crap ton of water and they get real moody if they don't have a fresh flow of water i know i've seen it happen when the pipes froze up last year and they had to go overnight without water they're all standing there at the trough like what the hell dude where's my water at what's the stuff on top of it i'm like that's called ice get the get back so i can break it up with an axe oh yeah so it's basically everyone just needs to prepare for themselves everyone needs to be ready to survive on their own with no help from anybody if you have a group of people prepping together you better make sure that you can trust said people like i was already informed that you know if sht <clears throat> an shtf situation happens that i have to take in my mother-in-law my father-in-law and my brother-in-law i was already told by my wife they're not going to do what they need to do so we have to make sure we take care of them so when i stockpile food and water and stuff like that and do all the math and do all the number crunching and everything like that i actually set it for 10 people instead of five people i told them that their dogs ain't coming though because i have my dogs and i don't like their dogs and if their dogs try to attack my dogs again i will shoot them on my property so there's that but so for me i already know i have to take in at least three people which means i might as well just make it a nice round 10 so we have the extra stuff so i plan for a year for 10 people we could probably actually get a year and probably two months worth out of what we're stocking up on <clears throat> so and depending on what it is we have uh basically extended family that it's pretty much all agreed upon on how bad it is we all just make our way out to the ranch out in the middle of absolutely nowhere like the closest grocery store to the ranch is like an hour away so we have that where i mean if we have to leave our location we can go not that i mean it's a big deal when you're talking about moving 
especially that much stuff because since I'm really the only one <clears throat> in the group that, you know, most of the other family, you know, they, they have about a month's worth of food on hand, but they won't do much more past that. They're also on that firm belief that, you know, we can just hunt and fish for our meat and stuff like that, which you can, but when everybody else has that same exact plan, you're going to deplete the resources extremely fast. And I don't think people realize how fast that, that will happen. So that's another thing that needs to be taken into consideration that, yeah, you know, I, like I have stuff to hunt, fish, trap, all that stuff, but that's not my main thought of how I'm going to restock my food stores and stuff like that. I have seed stockpiled so we can start growing um, fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. Um, we have a bunch of rice, pastas. I mean, top ramen soup. Yeah, I mean, ramen noodles. Ain't the best stuff in the world for you. But, I mean, it's kind of filling. And it's still, even with the prices, it's still pretty freaking cheap to stockpile that type of stuff. So, I would definitely recommend that as well. Um, so, yeah, ramen, mac and cheese. Stuff I know for a fact my kids will eat, I have stockpiled up. So, and then there's, oh, what's some other random stuff? Oh, oh, some other random stuff that, you know, stock up on. So, also, where's that? Sorry, got distracted. There's a tote jumping around me. Um, so, like, other stuff to consider when you're um, stockpiling and, or not stockpiling, but just getting ready for, you know, the end of the world. Think of like barter items. So like, yeah, I was like, oh, gold, silver, this, that. I'm like, for me, I'm like, okay. Gold and silver have a good, you know, component, good quality to them. They, they hold value, you know, stuff like that. But the other thing that I look at, so, you know, stuff like you know, copper, like copper wiring, copper tubing, copper piping, um, stuff like that. Um, because you can use the pipe to for uh, plumbing. You can use the wiring for you know, creating new electrical stuff. It's valuable, like it has a scrap value to it. Um, so it has the bartering. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Like it's barterable. Like it's something that, you know, if you have it, someone else needs it, you can get trade for stuff that you would need. Um, stuff like, um, like black rubber tubing. So be surprised what a like six gallon bucket with um, like a six gallon camping jug paint it black hook up a hose uh, black rubber hose um, fill it up let the hose fill up with a little uh, valve on the end of it leave it down in the sun to point where you have you know between six and 12 gallons worth of hot water take a hot shower so like plastic tubing uh, PVC piping 
stuff like that that will come in handy for fixing stuff. Um, so skill sets are also, you can barter with skill sets. So if you don't know a skill, go learn a skill. Um, scrap metal, like scrap sheet metal, um, aluminum, steel, stuff like that. Stuff that, you know, people could weld with is another thing um, people should look into. Um, I have a stockpile of tires. And not because I think, you know, tires are going to be valuable because they're all used. I have those as uh, planter boxes. Because, like with potatoes, if you grow them in a tire, you just, every time the leaves start to come up, you throw another tire on and fill that up with dirt, and it just keeps growing up. So rather than potatoes growing out, they grow up. So then when you're ready to harvest them, you just pull off a tire or two and pull what you need, or you take them all the way down and get all the potatoes out. So I use tires as planter boxes because you can stack them easier and just fill them up with more dirt. That way you're growing up instead of out. Um, firewoods, another thing. So like here, we're at around three acres and I probably have 300 trees. Um, mesquite, hickory, oak. So good burning wood. So I mean, I have, if I have to, which I mean, I'll show that in videos and stuff. We're going to start going through um, and clearing out the dead ones that need to be taken. And then I'll show you how we're going to process that and let have it all stacked up for uh, firewood. So, I mean, there's just a bunch of stuff that to consider, to think about, to cover. Um, oh, back to security. Um, we're working on the... Our one neighbor's finishing up the one side of fence, and then I just have two other sides that need to be fenced in. So, fence is a good start. It's a deterrent. I mean, it's an obstacle. Anything that you can do to slow people down is going to be beneficial to you in the long run. Sorry about the wind noise. Stepped outside. Just got back home and stepped outside. But so, then, um, like... So we have security cameras. Again, if it's EMP, you're going to lose power. Security cameras aren't really going to do much for you. Um, but again, if you have some solar panels and battery backups, and you have the cameras and the receiver in a Faraday cage, which, I mean, all you really need is a wooden crate, and then... Put that stuff in the wooden crate on the wood. Make sure it doesn't drip through the wood. And then just wrap the whole thing in aluminum foil. So, you know, all the aluminum's touching. And you just set it down somewhere. It's all you really need. And that will protect, for the most part, it's going to be an extremely cheap and a pretty effective as long as it's sealed properly. Which means all the aluminum's touching and nothing's going to get through the aluminum into it. So as long as the aluminum's not ripped, it's all touching. You know, stuff like that. Um, you have that. I mean, if you have a big enough Faraday cage, you might have to have a, you know, bigger TV. But you can basically um, get the smallest TV that you can, that you can find. All you really need is a small one. And then you pull it up and then you can cycle through the cameras. So, there's that. But, you know, we have security cameras up on the house. And 
so for me the security cameras are kind of a uh two thing so <clears throat> where we're at <clears throat> excuse me i'm not worried about people trying to steal anything or breaking in really not out here where we're at it's more of a if somebody comes onto my property and wants to try to sue me because they got hurt i got video evidence of what really happened so i have video evidence i give straight to the insurance company so they say okay yep nope we gotta pay this or nope we don't have to type thing so that's one of the out here that's why i have security cameras it's more of a you know cover your ass type thing where when we we're living up in columbus it was a deterrent for people to stop trying to bring it to my house so between the cameras and then i actually the last like six months we lived there every time i walked out even to cut the grass i made sure that everybody that came up and down my street saw that i was armed because i just straight up open carried at that point because i ain't gonna conceal it when open carry you know mess around and find out type thing so um but then i mean when you look into security and stuff like that i mean you go uh, boot trapping is something that is always effective but again i wouldn't booby trap until you know for sure that you know it's it's a it's the real deal because i mean I might be heartless, but, you know, I would care that, you know, if someone fell into one of my, you know, death traps. I say death traps, I mean, like the, like the Vietnamese, like, foot traps where you step through and you fall through and you get stabbed up all through the lower leg with that bamboo and they're all tore up and, you know, have that happen. then, like, you know, three days later, the power comes back on and the leg has to get amputated and I'm getting sued because, you know, they try to break into my place. So, it's... Booby trapping is, you know, <clears throat> a double-edged sword. That type of stuff I save until, you know, absolute worst-case scenario. And I know for a fact it's a worst-case scenario. Which, you know, we'll cover how to get comms and stuff like that. Later when I get to the, you know, comms podcast and blog post. So. But yeah, so, you know what? I guess we'll end that there for now. I've been rambling for a long time. My throat's a little dry. I'm a little tired. I'm finally home. I gotta go let my dogs out, or my kids' dogs out, before, you know, <clears throat> they decide that, hey, you're home, but you haven't let us out. We can just go to the bathroom in the house then, right? So, yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. So, we'll hit that. We'll touch on that a little bit. Hygiene. Uh, we'll cover this, again, in greater detail later. But, um, so... People and dogs and cats and everything are going to have to go to the bathroom eventually at some point in time. So you're going to have to have ways to dispose of all of that as well. Um, if you have cats, I, even if they're indoor cats, I'd start teaching them how to go outside to use the bathroom out there. But I would also recommend stocking up on a crap ton of kitty litter. Because kitty litter... You can use it as well. Put it down, put a bag down in a, a five-gallon bucket. Use the bathroom, pour a little bit of key litter on it <clears throat> because it'll absorb up the liquid and it'll absorb up the stench. And then you can throw it away. Now, granted, <clears throat> you're not going to have trash services. Out here where I'm at, we have a burn hole. 
But even then, I would not be burning my trash. I would just be digging a bigger hole further back in the property where no one can see and just throwing all my trash into that. That way, it's not causing a scene. Um, <clears throat> um, like, my neighbors know that I have, like, a wood burning, or um, I have a fireplace in the house. So, you know, of course, I would burn, like, the paper plates and stuff like that. Especially in the wintertime, just make people think that, you know, just burning stuff to try to stay warm type thing. But um, trash disposal and stuff like that becomes a little trickier. It's, you know, a double-edged sword when it comes to, you know, eating. Okay, like paper stuff's easy because, you know, you don't have to worry about wasting water to clean it. But at the same point, it's going to add up real fast and you're going to have to dispose of it. And if people see you bringing out trash bag after trash bag after trash bag, they're going to start catching on like, oh, man. They got a bunch of supplies in there. Let's go take their stuff. So it's, again, that's another thing. So, again, well, most of the stuff I talked about here today will be covered in great detail as I finish, you know, working out my plans or my new adjusted plans from what I had to what I'm changing for the location I'm at now, um, doing the research on all the other stuff so yeah just stay tuned you know enjoy hope you guys are all learning something if not let me know let me know what you want or let me know what you want to learn about and i will do whatever i can to do all the research so oh another th fun thing that you know i would suggest getting is a metal detector <clears throat> um because you can tear that apart, or they break down kind of small, or get a smaller one and put it in a um, Faraday cage. So out here in the country, there's we have a few different um, cutoff valves for our main water line, inline valves, that the people had the place built just buried under the ground. So, I mean, I dug up the yard trying to find them because I knew there had to be one somewhere other than the main one up at the road. And so, like, when I found it, I put a metal pan upside down over top of the valve to keep the valve clean since I had to clean that whole stupid thing out. But I put the metal pan over that and buried it and the grass has already grown over, back over and this has only been three weeks. So I have a metal detector so if I ever have to kill the water again without having to go up there, you know, trying to get my hand down into... A big old hole with a special tool or just trying to get a crescent wrench down in there that I can just hit it with the metal detector right there. Dig that little spot up and kill that valve. So a metal detector is another tool that's great if you're burying, um, I mean, most people are like, oh, if you're burying a cache, you know, don't have any metal on it. That way it won't get picked up by anybody else. All right, if you are doing it, gonna, I mean... You always run that risk, but the odds are of people hitting right where you buried stuff at. It's pretty slim. But again, if it's on your property and you're kind of fenced in and you know it's hard. So like the fence that my neighbors are putting up or my neighbor put up on the one side and the fence I'm putting up on the other two sides. Yeah, it's damn near. You, you have to cut it to get through. And so you can't climb it. So, I mean, it'd be very noticeable because you're going to hear that popping of the metal as you're cutting through because you can't, there's no way to climb it. So, it's just another one of those things. So, bearing stuff around your property. 
<clears throat> I would go ahead and tag it with a little piece of metal. Um, so that way you have a metal detector. All you need to know is the general area. That way you can just go that little area and hit it. But yeah, a metal detector is something that I found that or I got for fun for my kids to just walk around our property to see what they could find. And then I started doing stuff like that water line and stuff like that. I was like, you know what? This would actually be a pretty useful tool um, for, so, that's another thing I'd recommend. Also, um, a drone, I'd recommend, so I, I bought a few cheap drones that the camera only works half the time, just so, you know, me and the kids can just practice learning how to fly before I buy the expensive one, but um, I would recommend getting a drone, a decent drone with a good camera on it that's you know small enough to fit into a faraday cage um and pretty much keeping a faraday cage um when you're not using it but to use that for um surveillance you know send the drone up so like for where i can send the drone up and i can see pretty much all of my property in 15 seconds with the drone where if i were to go out it would take me probably about five minutes, ten minutes to cover all the property to see or to check every little thing. Well, right now in the fall, it's fine. In the springtime, um, it'd be a little bit longer once when there's actual like tree and leaf coverage. But again, it's just no another thing to consider. And again, I'll make a I'll put a whole list up on the website about just random things that I found that will make sense. You know, so, all right. Hope you all have a great day. Hope you're learning something. Hope you're enjoying my ramblings. And again, if there's something that you want to check out or you want to know more about, just let me know and I'll do some research on it. All right. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you later.